the screaming fucking divas. <laughs> if you don't know that, you need to join the party because we're having a little bit of fun over here, people. Or is it the fucking screaming divas? The fucking, I mean, like the fabulous, gorgeous, fucking screaming divas join the club. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and yeah, we're feeling feisty today. A little bit. Who did we interview? Oh, I love her. Oh my gosh. Um, this glorious, fabulous human being, soprano, South African soprano, Elza Van de Hever. Yep. Woo! Like amazing. We've all, we've both worked with her, right? Yes, 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 yes. She's a close dear friend of mine. I really wanted her on the Screaming Divas because she has such an important message to talk about her journey during the pandemic um, of how she processed this intense loss, grief, identity, this whole thing, what the pandemic has done and, and the other side of it where she's come and her last Instagram post really, I was like, this girl, we need to talk to her because it hit a, um, I'm not trying to say a nerve with both of us. Yeah. And but she focused all of her artistic creativity into making these amazingly beautiful cakes. And Which she'd never done before people ever, ever. And we were honored to be one, well, two of those cakes. She did the Screaming Divas. Yes, she did. Because she loves us and we love her. So um, really, this conversation is for all of you out there that have struggled, musicians, artists, whatever, that have struggled uh, we go there. There's some tears in here, people. I mean, there might there might be some ugly crying happening by Carrie Alcama. <laughs> anyway, we love her. Really watch this, people. She's she's just an amazing human being with this gorgeous heart inside. I love her. Amazing. Yeah. Here's a clip. Oh yes. Totally. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that I myself even have forgotten just the impact of a real voice on our souls, just how it speaks to us subconsciously. We're not even aware of what it does, but it does something. So digital takes that all away. It's gone. There's no more visceral reaction to a real live human voice, which is right. so profound and so powerful. Yeah. But then twofold, you know, I see my parents is sitting in South Africa and they get to see, they get to see everything I do. And for this, I cannot say I'm not grateful. Computer audio. Yes, this is what we want, right? Yeah. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dude, I'm so audio. not a Zoomer. <laughs> Guess what? I'm doing. It's not, it's not fun always. But when you have three sopranos together, it's gonna be a blast. Yes. Pretty much. How are you? <laughs> I just shook my coffee everywhere. Sorry, there it is, ripping down the mug. Nice. Well, I wish this was tequila, but it's not. It's just water. Oh, boring. That's because you are getting ready to go to sing. Well, there. Uh, me too. I got a coach today, so it's like, yeah, water.
It's so boring. It's so boring, so, people. But it's better for you. Yeah, it's true. Huh? Yeah. How are you doing? How are you? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. This is this is it. This, this is, is it, girl. We are we go we go right into it. <laughs> Vacation, so like my mind is still like, what? Sing? Huh? Music? Yeah. I my mind's huh? What? Music? Sing? What? Since 17 months. <laughs> I know, girl. It's been a hot dang mess. But right? I have to say you're glowing. You definitely Oh, you want to know why I'm glowing? And this is the reason I couldn't put on the makeup. Because I am spending my days in my garden. Because I've decided that on the hottest days of the year, it's time to start gardening. So <laughs> I've been digging. You know, with the pioche, I don't know what that thing is called. It's like, it's small and then gets bigger. Yeah. What is that thing where you have to hold it over your... Oh, oh like an axe? Oh, an axe. No, it's not an axe. A hoe. Is that what I think it's called? A hoe. No. I have been hoeing in 36 degree weather under the sun like a crazy person. But this is so, I said to Isabel, this is so typical Elsa. I'm, I'm, I'm all or nothing kind of girl, right? I cannot do little by little. It's, it's either all or nothing. And so when the bug bit yesterday morning, um, no, two days ago, uh, actually, what is today? Saturday, my God. On Monday, I woke up and I said, today is the day. And where we live, the ground is not ground. It's like, it's like pebbles that you have mm. to, you know, uh, obliterate before it becomes ground. And then That's you awesome. have to, then you have to, turn the soil, turn the soil by adding other good soil to it. And then you have to, you know, work it wow. this no. before you can plant anything. So I, that's why, that's why I'm glowing. It's a healthy looking, happy. <laughs> oh, okay. um, if I had to do that, that would be when Carrie's like, um, hello, <laughs> can somebody come do this? <laughs> You, that. But you know what? It's good exercise, right? It's great exercise, number one. And number two, man, it's so meditative. I had no idea. And again, I said to Isabel, how come it took me, six, what is it, six, 16 months to wake up? You know, to like wake up? Because I'm enjoying it so much, I cannot believe I've not been gardening all this time. Oh, I did okay. a little bit in the beginning, but I didn't know what I was doing. So it wasn't satisfying and nothing grew because I didn't know you're supposed to do all this stuff. So now I've gone out and I bought the tools and now I can do all this stuff. My God, but I'm hurting. Everything hurts. And this morning I woke up and my jaw was like clenched. Oh, you were so, you were gritting when you were. Mm. Yeah, because I'm like doing all this physical exercise and you don't know how you're pulling yourself in, you know, different directions. And all of a sudden, you know, my left hip hurts. And so it affects my right jaw. It's just crazy. I get that when I'm raking leaves. Uh -huh. I, I thought because you know you always favor one side right. and then you wake up the next day and you're like why am i like, yeah you know um I've been covering this a week before of departure like, i'm sorry but i know why you haven't been gardening because you've been baking i mean because that has taken up how many hours is how many hours did it take to make the eiffel tower cake oh the eiffel tower was interesting because attempt number one was a big failure and so i had gotten to the point of 
of putting on the blue fondant just before I was about to measure out each little, little ironing, iron work. I don't know. Um, it got to that point where I realized that she was power of Pisa. So I had to start over. <laughs> so that cake took like 45 plus hours to execute. Um, because I had to measure, because it's surprisingly difficult if you want to do accurate work, right? And I'm not a mathematician. You, I had to measure every tiny little piece of fondant with a ruler, quite literally. But, you know, because it's cake, it's not exactly, it's not, it doesn't have strict angles. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. That was an interesting endeavor. Okay. Can we talk about, um, can we talk about this? Because there, your last post that you posted on Instagram hit such a nerve across the board. I mean, you had, I just looked this morning, I think it was like around 120 comments. I mean, nobody really comments. You had 120 comments and I don't even know how many likes a thousand likes or something like that because of what you talked about with the baking, with the uh, pandemic, with not working, going back to work. I really wanted to talk to you about that. Do you want to go oh, there? Oh, sure. I think it's important, honestly. And I don't see there's, there's no reason not to talk about it. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and feel ashamed about what it is that I endured, you know, because we all were in the same boat. This is where it's a little bit tricky because I felt so ashamed of myself of how, oh God, no the tears. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen. Don't you start, girl. I will go with you. So don't you do it. Okay. Cried <laughs> so many times on this show. It's not funny. And you know what? It's yeah. totally therapeutic. Yeah. I'm so, so ashamed of how I went into this because I am an advert believer that when tragedy strikes, strikes, Oh, how can I say this humoristically? Okay, so when I watch The Walking Dead, which mm -hmm. I love, by the way. Yes. I'm not a fan of zombie movies, but I love The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. I just love the character, character development and um, uh, script writing, whatever. I always think to myself when I watch that show prior to 2020, my God, I wonder how I would react if tragedy stuck, like, struck and, you know, the world as we knew it came to an end. Okay, obviously that didn't happen, not, not that catastrophically, right. but you know, in our little bubble, mm -hmm. it was catastrophic. And I always thought to myself, who I would be one of those people that's gonna be, you know, like on the forefront, you know, being so okay and like figuring it out and just sort of saying to myself day by day, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just gonna do it. It's gonna be great. I thought I would be one of those people. I felt apart, but like, fell apart yeah. and I feel like I should be ashamed of it and honestly now in retrospect I'm just I'm not because no it affected us all differently you know and I really thought I was gonna be okay through all of it and I just wasn't I really truly truly fell apart at the seams and and it was it was so difficult to endure and like to find my way back to some sort of life was so hard. And I don't know why I'm crying, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know why? Because when was so, have you voiced this? Have you, besides your Instagram post, have you- No, I mean, I spoke to poor Isabel about it. I, I did seek therapy at some point because honestly, I mean, my, I went over to the dark side, really, truly, honestly, the dark side consumed me. 
You're not the only one. And I didn't have the thing that, you know, the lightsaber. I couldn't find my lightsaber. I, I really had like suicidal thoughts, quite honestly. And I'm not ashamed to say it anymore. I was, but I'm not. Like, I just couldn't figure it out. And the gardening is helping with that. And the cake baking helped with that so much because it really, it forces you to do, for, uh, focus on one task and while you're doing that task, executing that task, you know, you cannot sit there and wallow in your own self-pity. Because really, man, I've been throwing myself a pity party, like well, a one-woman show for a year. Pity party. I, I honestly don't think it's a pity party. I think it, in retrospect, that's what it felt like. I feel like I've been wasting a year. I feel like I wasted a year of my life, which is a terrible feeling. But did you then, did you come out on the other side now? being a stronger different so so much so much has changed in my own perception of myself and i don't know i it has forced me to think about so many things you know and also why did i fall apart at the seams um there's always reasons for these things right i think for me it was like the floodgates opened in terms of emotions, things that I had been suppressing for such a long time, because I had to, right. because when we're on the road, when we're working, you know, we cannot walk around like this 24 seven. And I don't <laughs> know about you guys, but my emotions are strong and they affect me strongly. And so when I'm, you know, when I'm sad or like, I think about, I think about all the tears that I had to sort of not cry when they were happening because I had to sort of keep my head up high. Like the day when my mother dropped me in San Francisco, <laughs> I was 18 years old and she told me, don't come downstairs, just don't come downstairs. And she left. And there I was 18 years old, having <laughs> to sort of figure it out, you know, on the other side of the globe. I'm wow. talking about things like that, like really suppressed, suppressed emotions because, because what we do requires us to be really, really tough human beings. And I think that's what happened. I think, I think all my work evaporated and I just couldn't cope, I just couldn't cope. But so it forced me to seek therapy, which I had never done before. And it, it also forced me to really examine things that I have not been paying attention to and self-care being one of them. <laughs> Huge. And not being so rigid. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't realize what a rigid human being I was. I mean, I knew I was, but I didn't realize to what extent, you know, how I have forced myself to function by such strict, this is happening now. I have to prepare for this, you know, five years in advance. I'm already working nice. on what comes in five years. And you know, I, I, you know, we have to relax a little bit. We're just human beings. <laughs> But do you think that that rigidity was your way of avoiding some emotions too? Maybe, maybe it's just my way, you know, I don't know. I, I think dyslexia had a lot to do with that also because um, I just don't learn quickly. I was looking at you guys' interview with Renee. <laughs> and all of you were saying, oh, I hear something once and then it's in. Okay, that's lovely. <laughs> Okay, wait, I need to correct that because music, yes. I yes. mean, it just does make sense the to words. me based of, but the, but right. the 
the music, yes, but the words for me, I'm very dyslexic and the words go sideways. I mean, no matter how many times I've sung Tosco right. or whatever, or even Donna Elvira, I still screw up the words. I mean, it's just like, it's it almost a joke now. Right. But, but how um, do you guys go about learning Strauss? Because I'm, that for me was getting my little okay. toes dipping into that pool is quite hard. That's <laughs> learn this stuff that music is oh oh <laughs> it's really like where the I don't sing it it's like the I mean it's the notes and the rhythms and the you don't feel it you feel it totally different than you feel the Italian yeah. it's totally weird I um okay a I I wanted to say this I was thinking this when you were talking um I cannot in private conversations over the last since March 2020 with really good friends there are, it, it is the same it's the same emotions the same boats the same breadth of emotions and um and a lot of therapy a lot of singers are are talking this out which makes my heart happy because I've been a huge fan of therapy for a very long time um and I honestly, Elsa, I still think that there are a lot of these emotions still happening, especially because there's still not a lot of work. I mean, yeah, there's opera companies coming back, but there's it's a lot of the same singers over and over again. The I mean, they're the pool of who they're choosing from. Like I'm on the outside of that pool. There's no work. And so there's still a lot of emotional spinning. I call it spinning because what do you do with yourself? What do you do with this creative body, mind, heart, soul? How do yeah. you, how do you function? So, um, I, I just, I, and honestly, there's part of me with watching this Delta variant flying around, you know, I was just showing Sandra a thing that Viola Davis, uh, put on. It was like, these are my fall plans. This is the Delta variant, you know? And you're like, that's how I feel. And I'm like, and it's so hard not to go back down into darkness and say what, what do I do now? I mean, if they're really, if, what if all these things start getting canceled again, what are we going to exactly. do? Exactly. And that was another contributing factor. My God, I said to Isabel, if at the beginning of all of this, at the beginning of March, somebody said, okay, people, yeah. everything is canceled for a year. Go live your life, make your plans, do something else. That would have been one thing. Right. But the phone kept ringing every two weeks. Oh, this is canceled. Oh, this is canceled for now, but might be postponed until la la la. Oh, this is canceled, but we're thinking of doing the instead. This is canceled. Oh, you are going to Amsterdam. Oh, you're not going to Amsterdam. <laughs> you are going to, you know, switch, switch gears. We're not doing this anymore. We're doing this instead. Two weeks later, you get the phone call and, oh, sorry, this is canceled. It was that constant, constant uncertainty of the future and 16 months later everything for me got cancelled except for three things it was three things we did the feel escalator right oh but that was a that was a, a cancelled thing that turned into something else i was supposed to sing with the philharmonie of uh, fidelio in i can tell you the calendar in front of me i was supposed to do a fidelio concert version in May and then when the fear lets to leader came nine months after my last singing gig which was also interesting to to two side interesting because it was so appropriate to be that to be the first thing out again in singing land which was so <laughs> profound 
And um, why was why was the two things? I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, it was it was not planned. That was absolutely just sort of, hey, uh, we have a concert for you. Can you do it a week from now? And that's how that happened. But um, I had a I had a, a visitant leader in in Montpellier. I think was literally the only the only contract that didn't get cancelled. Wow. And then. Uh, Iltabaro uh, Munich, and that, that was it. All the rest, all the rest evaporated. Oh, yeah. You spend time learning these roles, and then you take that score, and it goes from this pile, and it goes, and it goes from the next time. Well, people in our world don't understand this, you know. Our work gets done behind the scenes. Like when we show up, that role is already studied. It's in your brain, it's in your voice, and that doesn't just magically happen. <laughs> I wish. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I had, I had a Frau, I had a, I had a, a Fliegende Rollender that was cancelled twice. So I've yet to make my role debut, but the thing is learned. It's studied. It's there. It's just, it got cancelled. And I, it's difficult to, to relay that to people who, who are not in our profession, you know. And it's a burden. I mean, we've spent money to work with coaches, to work exactly. with teachers, you know, yep. some people with acting teachers as well. And then, you know, that's all money that that's already spent, that you're not getting back. So, no, interesting. So, in your, I mean, with figuring out you and figuring out, I don't know, I, I loved what you said about you realize that you that like how am I going to say that how do I want to say this the word artist was something that you now called yourself and something I discovered I had no idea I just really find that so fascinating because I've always thought you are like the consummate artist you are you live breathe eat this stuff performing the music the story the acting the costumes the all of it when you are that character you are that person on stage i mean but so i feel like i'm i this is the way i always felt about it and maybe it's because i come from a family of artists but like real artists people who actually create you know my father is in the film industry my 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 mom makes she made one of those teddy bears back there She's so creative. My brother is a, he's a, he's, he's medium as charcoal. Um, my father writes, I mean, just, I come from real artists and I always thought of myself as somebody that copies. I thought of myself as somebody that interprets somebody else's work. Oh. You know, the costume that I'm putting on my body was created by somebody else. The director I'm working with is guiding me, but I'm still just a vessel for his vision. You know what that means? I, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't think of myself as an artist. I really, truly, and I have such imposter syndrome. I think of myself as the biggest fraud that ever walked the earth. And Seriously. Huh? Seriously. No, but really, like, I... Yeah, people look at me sideways when I say this, but this is just the truth. It's just the truth. And it wasn't until I started doing these cakes that I realized, wow, I actually have skill that I didn't know I had. And, and I thought somehow that validated my artistry. And then I read something, no, no, I didn't read. On America's Got Talent or America's Something Talent, I don't know, I don't watch that show, it's the Simon Cow Cowell thing. Um, 
but I had a girl who's battling cancer and she said the most beautiful thing. What did she say? She said, you cannot wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. And when I heard that, I ding, 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 all the little bells went off in my head. And I said, but you are so ridiculous. You have so much talent in your fingers. How can you not call yourself an artist? And on that day, I went and I painted my dog. Not because I've ever done it before, just because I realized that I could. Mm-hmm. And conceptualizing these cakes, you know, I did that. I, it's, I wasn't copying somebody else's work. And why cake? Huh? Why cake? Why cake? I, I don't because I needed something to do because I I was sitting on my butt doing nothing and that's just not me and I was cooking every day and I and I asked my PR person I asked Lenny's studio please can I have the uh, password to my Instagram account because I wasn't even managing that myself because I thought I need something to do and so I started cooking every day like everybody else and, and I would just take pictures of it. At least that gave me something to do. And then one day we were driving down the street and I said to Isabel, hmm, I'm gonna go make a cockenbush. And she said, what's that? I said, it's filled cream puffs and then you stack them on top of each other. And she said, oh, and I said, yeah, I'm gonna do that. But she said, do you know how? I said, no. So <laughs> I, just, I just figured it out and then and the next thing I knew, David Lomelli was calling me and he said, I want you to come do something for TDO. And then we were talking about what I could do. And then all of a sudden, um, my a friend of ours is having, her daughter was turning eight and she wanted a princess cake. And so I said, I'm going to make a princess cake. And so I went out and I bought the fondant. I didn't know what to do with it. And so I, you know, made a princess cake. And then, and then I realized that I could make like diva cakes instead of princess cakes that's how all of that started it was i i had never baked in my life before and now it's all i want to do (laughs) (laughs) okay um but there is a part of this where i really need the food porn video (laughs) of somebody taking a bite of this cake and then having like the orgasmic reaction, which would be me. So when you're ready to do that, you need to call me. <laughs> I want to be the cake taster. Well, we should just have a party and then and then we just bake a whole bunch of stuff. And then okay. I love that. I, I, I love you because um, and can I just say that no, not anybody can do this. This is, and I am pure example of this. I already sent you my photos of my husband's birthday cake that I tried to make. It was horrible. It tasted good, but it was horrible. So like you, I can follow a recipe. It doesn't mean it's going to look like what you did. So you took something you didn't know how to do and you made these gorgeous things, which kills me because of where you live because cake, people don't eat cake there. That's people not a thing. People don't eat cake because they what don't understand the cake. The French, man. I mean, they they understand patisserie, but they don't understand birthday cake. You know, were you fighting for the corner to get the frosting? Yes. Yeah, yes, it doesn't make sense. Ratio, isn't it? Like ratio from cake and frosting and filling and it, mm. right. But you know, a good sized birthday cake there here. Mm. I live here. Hello. Um, you know, everybody will take like a slither, like 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 that. Mm. <laughs> It's just so disappointing. You know what I want to know? What? How did you not lo- gain weight? <laughs> oh, because I wasn't allowed to eat the cake. Oh, I see. Too much of it. I mean, I was going through like a dozen eggs a week just on cake alone. It was absolutely insane. 
No, I gave everything away. I think the neighbors are mad at me because they all gained weight. And um, that's and awesome. We gave, we gave it to anybody who wanted it could just, uh, Isabel, I would say to Isabel, don't you have a friend that's having a birthday or whatever? Cool friends, blah, 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 Oh, oh, it's a birthday. Do you want a cake? It was like that. I mean, we just gave everything away. And they're like, what is this cake with, with two Sopranos on it? What? Actually, that cake went to Isabel's godmother who has two granddaughters, um, uh, what do you call them? Twins who were having their birthday. And so they got each own cake. That's yeah. awesome. And I told them they could keep the Barbies as a present. So <laughs> it was a twofold. It was nice. Well, that was very kind of you. We we never said I love you, girls. You guys have been so entertaining. And it was a great cake. Like it was very tasty. Yours was chocolate, Sandra. Yeah. So now fast forward 16, 17, 18 months, however long it's been, because it's just been too long. Yes. And you are about to go. To San Francisco, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I should, I should really, really knock on some word right there. Yeah. It's been an ordeal, you know. I don't know if you American passport holders are aware of this, but, you know, for anybody that's currently in a European state with a European passport, and forget about it, we're not allowed to come inside your country. Mm -mm. And... Um, I was very lucky I got my visa approved and yeah. I know many, many people who didn't. So I am so grateful. I'm just so grateful. I'm, I'm in fact, I'm holding my breath until I'm actually on San Francisco soil. I get it. So that's in Thursday in a week. Please say a little prayer because yes. I'm, I won't believe it until it actually happens quite, quite literally. I'm just saying little prayers. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm saying little prayers. I, it's just crazy. The travel is just a nightmare. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Getting around is no. still horrible. And, and they change the rules. So every so often, you know, so you don't, you're not necessarily updated and uh, unless you make it your mission to be. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah, San Francisco. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot. I won't so how, that happens. So, how have you been getting yourself ready to go? Um, there's been a lot of techno biking. There's been a lot of walking. There has been a lot of forcing myself to be in my little studio. Mm -hmm. Because, man, it's so hard to sing for yourself. Ugh. And there's nobody here to work with, pian you know, I have no pianist uh, to work with here. Um, so it's it's just me, myself, and my one finger because I don't play the piano. <laughs> but it's just forcing myself every day to just be in here and just sing through the score. It's, and, you know, that's what I have to do. Have you been Zooming, Zoom coachings or Zoom no, lessons or anything? No, I cannot do this. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do that. It's not part of my vocabulary. I'm such a visceral person. I need to be able to see, feel, hear. I just, you know. It's hard. It, it, it sucks. I mean, I- and My teacher, she did offer, but I was just, I, I said, I can't. I have to figure it out for myself. I cannot rely on what I hear on, on the recording. No. I'm I mean, at some point, you have to trust that your technique is such that 
your teacher taught you how to catch the fish, not just right. you know, how, to, how to build the rod and catch the fish, not just here's a fish, eat it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. No, I get it. I'm grateful for it though. I mean, just getting myself back in shape and trying to fix some habits that were bad before the pandemic hit that we never, I never had time to work on because you're just trying to go, go, go all the time. Um, so it's been nice to try to tear things apart, but um, I've had, I've tried these zoom lessons and so far. So, okay. So I've gotten what I needed to get out of it. Does that make sense? Okay. Like it, it helped throughout the week to touch base with somebody and say, okay, this is working. This isn't working. Right. I'm trying to fix X, Y, Z. So yeah, but a coaching, I haven't tried the coaching. Sandra's done that. You've done coaching on the internet. How interesting. I'm trying to learn a new role on the internet. Mm. That. Hmm. It's all that's girl. Easier. Like Puccini was much easier, but working on Il Pirata, you know, all that Bel Canto stuff, forget it. Because the lag is just enough that you're always like, oh, oh yeah. You mean to say that you're actually singing while said person is playing? Oh. Yeah, I've worked with Tony, my my coach. He's in New York. Right. And I have one earphone in. So, you know, you hear him really well, but the other one out so you can hear yourself as well but it's, it's oh, interesting. that kind of lag you know and you just go I don't think that would be for me quite honestly but you know I'm very admiring sometimes so, you just got to do what you got to do you got to do know? what you got to do yes that's it but okay what about what do you th I want to know your thoughts on digital content digital content that these opera companies are still are saying that it's now going to be a part of our new vocabulary Bzzz. yeah um i don't know what to say about it it is so frightening that this is a part of our new reality i don't know i i don't know what to think about it and the more i garden and the more i throw that thing over my shoulder and the more i bake my cakes the more i say to myself okay alzi time to make peace with it time to make peace with it time Time, time, time to make peace with it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not comfortable in front of the camera. It. I never get stage fright, but the minute there's a camera on my face, forget about it. My knees start knocking. I get my my heart is fluttering. I I hate it. I hate it so much. And that's just from my own personal point of view. I don't enjoy listening to it. It doesn't sound right. It's weird. Uh, I had a very interesting. Um, Something happened to me here down the street with my neighbor. Isabel said, make the puppy sing, make the puppy sing. Because if I sing really high, Lou sings with me. She loves it. So I, well, I'm not sure she loves it, but Isabel loves it because it's funny. So um, our neighbors also have a dog. And Isabel said, make the puppy sing, make the puppy sing. And so I said, oh, okay. Um, and so I said to the neighbors, is it okay if I sing? And they said, yeah, of course. And so, you know, I bust out some high note. And Carol was like this, <gasps> like that. It was the first time she had heard a real voice, you know, what we do. And I had not even sung loud. It was just some note. I, it was not even a real singing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that I myself even have forgotten just the impact of a real voice on our souls, just how it speaks to us subconsciously. We're not even aware of what it does, but it does something. So digital takes that all away. It's gone. There's no more visceral reaction to a real live human 
voice, which is so profound and so powerful. Yeah. But then twofold, you know, I see my parents as sitting in South Africa and they could see they could see everything I do. And right. for this, I cannot say I'm not grateful. You know, I mean, no, let's talk about the financial aspect of it, too, and how we as artists are not getting paid for any of that content. Most of that, most of that content that's going mm-hmm. out, you know, I maybe that'll change now in the future going forward. But I don't I don't know. I just read a contract the other day that when it talked about the digital, it it made me go <gasps> Like, because all of a sudden they had, they had the power, they have the power of that. And what if it's bad? I mean, what is, what, you just, saying. what if you just have an good. off night and then now that's out there forever. And I, there's just, I feel like we have no, and I also felt like, okay, so if I say anything about this, am I a troublemaker? So, I mean, they'll, they'll have, you know, somebody 10 years younger than me or This maybe is what I was going to say, Carrie, yeah. there's a thousand people standing in line behind you. We yeah. have no peace with it. No. I'm, I'm I mean, we either you either join or you get off the boat. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about it. For me, it is an, a nightmare situation because yeah. it's it's not this is not what we were intended to do. It's not what we signed up for. It's not what I signed up for. Yeah. You know, I I cannot speak for anybody else, but it terrifies me to be in, in the camera in front of the camera. And so, then a, a person said the other day, but what about the HDs? But yeah. the HD is a different thing, you know. We are in costume. We we are rehearsed for six weeks. It's it's just different. I don't know. It's it's still not the same as hearing a real live human voice. But from our perspective, as the performers' perspective, um, I I can't stand it. It makes me so nervous. But you're such a great actress, and and anybody who's seen you on stage or in any of these HDs, they I don't think they realize just how consummate of an actress you are and how you throw yourself into all of these amazing roles. Like your Ido Maneo was... Don't you think it's easy when you are completely in full garb and you're, I mean, I don't know, we just sort of become those people, right? For some people, for, if you have natural ability, yes. And I think all three of us, I would call singing actresses. Yeah. But other people, it terrifies them. It is yeah. terrifying, but it is terrifying. It's terrifying. I think they're going to have to incorporate some sort of, um, uh, I don't know what the course would be called, but in conservatories, they will have to teach their performing vocal artists how to work with cameras. It will have to become part of- The curriculum. The curriculum, it mm-hmm. has to, because if this is here to stay, I don't know. Um, can I just throw this out there just because this has been on my brain for Sonner knows for quite some time um, about because when we're talking about all this stuff, there's still this inside voice. It's just like, and this is why you're done. This is why, and I'll start crying, but this is why you, you think I don't want this anymore. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, Carrie, I- all of us has, have been through it. I mean, I, I don't know if I want it anymore. I don't know if if that's what the future looks like. If this is what the future is, this digital stuff, I'm definitely not cut out for that. It's definitely not something I'm interested in doing. Um, Just think how many amazing artists we're going to be losing out on because they they don't want to do that. 
Oh, sweetie, I would have worn this. I know, Carrie. Oh, honey bunny. Oh, I, sweetie pie, I'm sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Like, <laughs> ugly, like ugly. What does Oprah call it? Like ugly cry? <laughs> no, it's like Kim Kardashian ugly cry. I've done that every single day of my life for the past year. Oh, my gosh. You let it out. Let it out. I don't think her face moves when she cries anymore. <laughs> I think it's frozen and it permanently. Like... <laughs> True. Sorry. It's just oh, such a fucking hard decision, you know? And then so you hard. see there's so much more that goes into this business and so much sacrifice and so much love for it. I mean, while I'm rehearsing or practicing or whatever, I'm just so in love with it. And then I'm online or I'm reading whatever, or I see who was hired for this. And you're just like, why am I? why do I want the next half of my life to still be this, to still be this struggle, to still be this feeling like we're not taken care of. We're not important anymore. I, does that make sense? Like, it's just one thing after another. And you, and also even just from a financial standpoint with the uncertainty of this pandemic or really an endemic is what I kind of think it is. I think we're going to be living this with this for the rest of our lives. Um, what does that look like? And from a financial standpoint, it makes no sense to stay in this business at all. None. Because if this, we're going to keep going in and out of something happening or not happening, how in the world am I going to be filling the coffers for retirement? There's no, there's no security. That's for sure. I mean, I cannot speak to anybody else, but I have depleted my bank account. I, my, I have $0 in the bank done it's gone it's completely gone. gone and that's just after one episode I mean I like you said what about <laughs> the next time I won't be able to I won't we will have to sell everything and and live someplace we, else. Prepared for we were always told to as a young artist I mean I'm the oldest of all of us I was always told three to six months always have that money available right right, right. not 16 or 18 months I mean, <laughs> like what what more can we give up uh, seriously serious things but you know what we've spent our whole lives that's the thing you you're right I mean I cannot speak for anybody else here but I'm there's many many other people's dreams on my back that I'm sort of singing for not just for myself but I mean everything my parents sacrificed to make this happen for me mm-hmm. you know when you've when you've dedicated yourself 42 years of age, what am I going to do? Just sort of start gardening? I don't know. You know, I mean, I have spent all this time, all the sacrifice doing what I do, and I do it well. We should be able to continue to do what we do. It's, uh, and also, please, can we get vaccinated so we can get back to work? This is another thing. I just, can't I, I i can't i cannot have a conversation with a person right now that's not vaccinated no because i get so incensed well i mean there <laughs> on the news here in the last week have been the wars of families with kids and masks and there were the non-maxers the non-maskers masklers is that a word non-vaccinated that are actually threatening healthcare workers that are saying their kids should be masked, the ones that can't get vaccinated. And you just, I sit there and watch this. And that's when, like what you call, you go down the dark hole. You're just like, wait hard. It's okay. Ugly cry. Let it out. Let it out. Yep. We, we will cut all this, you know, <laughs> it's horrendous. It's, so it's horrendous. horrendous. It's so 
It's so terrible. It's so terrible. I, I, my, my, my logical, rational brain cannot make sense of it. I don't understand. I mean, no, I mean, the thing that's kept me sane is, I mean, God, this fucking screaming divas takes me hours. It's like a 40 hour week job. It's and like I'm gardening. And, <laughs> so it's kept, me, it's kept me busy and kept me sane, but it's also so heartbreaking too, because the majority of people we're talking about are those that are working. And so you're, it's, it's just a toll. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think this has been coming for you for a while, Carrie, don't you think yeah. this, this big old ugly, ugly cry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has been. I've seen it coming. But you, like all of us have just kept on going. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, that's, that's what, when Elsie, you talk about um, <clears throat> figuring out yourself, like, that's one of the things to say, it's okay not to be like the badass, strong Wonder Woman person that you've always had to be does that make sense it's okay yeah. it's okay to be vulnerable it really is okay it's okay so sorry to hijack this conversation oh, are you kidding so, please let it out it's that we think we should hold it in exactly and i think it, with all the stuff that you've been going through the past weeks months you know and now that you're getting back to singing again i mean that's got to be emotional too it's it's the unknown well you just kind of keep asking yourself why and I'm, I'm a planner. I, I want financial security and this does not, none of this fine from a financial standpoint makes any sense. And, and I have always been okay with saying, I, cause I knew when I almost lost my voice in college and it's like what Marilyn Horn always said, it's a piece of grizzle in your throat. I, when I almost lost the voice, I thought, Oh, wait a minute. You can't, everything about your life cannot be about these two pieces of grizzle in your throat. Yeah. Your life needs to be a huge wonderful well-rounded life whatever that means if that means i'm not a superstar opera singer then so be it does that make sense like that to me was more important but what i'm now finding is that i'm not i don't feel well-rounded anymore like there's with what this pandemic pandemic has done has made me go wait a second maybe it's time to walk down this different road that you have always said you'd be okay walking down and then you say you're okay and you say okay i'm gonna go back to school and i'm gonna do this and then you have a massive melt <laughs> meltdown because they're the creative part of this and singing and every time you open your mouth and the voice still sounds healthy and wonderful and oh my god i can sing the shit out of this i can't wait for somebody to hear it and then you're like but do i have to go knock on everybody's door to have them hear it again does that make sense i mean do i really want to put the energy into this this is i how many times have i been here anyway that's where I'm at. That's where I am. And it's, um, but once again, I don't want to hijack this conversation. Oh, no, no, hijack it all away. Because what you, you've also, you're touching on something that I also uh, uncovered, and that is just how much of what I, how do I say this? I didn't realize how much stock I was putting into my own worth as a person and how much that was attached to Elsa the singer, not Elsa the person. I, I didn't realize how much I depended on my singing self to uplift the Elsa self. Like the, I didn't, I didn't know. I was unaware. I was unaware of how much I was attaching myself to that persona. I call yeah, it a persona. Not so real. attached to your singing voice. Yeah. And, and how that validated my, me, I, I, that gave me validation. And so when that disappeared, I was like, what, mm -hmm. who am I? What do I do? I don't even know who I am. I didn't recognize myself. 
just like a complete shell of a person because yeah because I thought singing is the thing that made me special it's the thing that made me tick it was the thing that make other people like me mm. it's so stupid no it is yeah no because you know what we've spent as we said earlier we have spent all of our lives becoming this entertainer and putting all of our energy and our creative energy but our personality too and we've been on this treadmill for so long yeah you didn't even realize it until all of a sudden that treadmill came to a halting stop without any warning no yeah it was incredible and that's the worst part i think of it all is is that we weren't given a choice to to stop doing what we love and what we've spent all of our lives training for it was just taken away from us ripped i honestly i still part of it part of me feels like it's still being robbed of us i mean you know sports are back i can see stadiums packed with people but i can't see an opera house packed with people um and it's just still it's it's frustrating it's frustrating to watch especially in this country with the wealth that we have and the availability of vaccines that we have to watch to still hold our breath wondering if work's going to happen and if you have another person come up to me and say, oh, it's like you're on a vacation, a permanent vacation, a year-long vacation, I'm going to put my fist through the next person's face who says that to me because it's just hurtful. This is, is not vacation. No. This is, this well, is not vacation, medical. Vacation, right? If you, uh-huh. you call being in hell vacation, <laughs> permanent, uh, you know, okay. permanent. Mm-hmm. Permanent purgatory is what I said to somebody was what we were living in because you know what it wasn't hell it was purgatory, you know, undefinable it was so horrible. Okay, let me ask you this because for the past mm, two weeks I thought you know what I think it's time to just stop wearing the stretchy pants every day so I'm going to put on my work clothes you know the stuff that I would wear to rehearsals a I want to see if I fit into it and where I because I have like I don't know three different sizes in my closet so I wanted to know where I was you know um and then so then I thought okay I'm going to start wearing that I'm going to start wearing like no offense but when I'm around my house I wear like my old ratty bras you know like the ones that your mama always says Uh, I wear no bra oh okay there you go (laughs) So also I'm putting on the back, you know, the, the ones that really hold these suckers up and then, um, and, and then the real clothes and, I, and wearing them all day because I'm not used to it. And mm-hmm. it actually like took a while for me to finally feel normal walking around in regular clothes. Cause right. I don't have to out here in the woods. I can wear yeah. my, you know, my stretchy Lulu's every day. So I'm not there yet. <laughs> There's going to be a culture shock when I go back to work. I have no idea what the hell I'm going to wear. I mean, even like heels, I was like, oh my gosh, if you're going to sing in heels, like you, if you're going to sing in heels, you need to put them on Carrie. You need to practice actually standing in your heels singing because they'll kill your feet. Yeah. My, I did that in Madrid. So, you know, one of the first thing, like with an audience, on stage in costume with makeup. And I went to the press conference and I put on heels because I thought, yeah, you know, I'm gonna look all pretty. And the the soles of my feet, like the pad here, I got a blister like that big. And oh, because your feeties were not accustomed to the like, heels anymore. They're like virgin piggies, you know, and it was like three weeks. My poor dresser was buying me balm for my feet. Oh gosh, <laughs> 
thing. And it was like silly things, but we don't remember so. We don't. The Met concert in Wiesbaden, the very, I think I wore my heels only once. The rest of the time I was barefoot because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. My feet were dying. We're just used to it. I mean, and that's just a metaphor for everything else, right? Like the vocal cords, like the emotional self, like the the stamina. I don't know what it's going to be like to go back to six hours of rehearsal. That's scary. You can't prepare for that. You can't prepare for that. And also the momentum that we have all built up, you know, to have that disrupt like that. How do you get yourself back into motion? I mean, mentally, like, how do you get back on that hamster wheel? I, I just don't even know. I f- I, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're going to an opera house. That's a, that you know, with Matthew there, who's just so wonderful that that feels like a, I don't know if it feels like a safe environment to you. Um, it would feel like well, one to me. It's you know? right, trained, right? So right. that wasn't when, when San Francisco didn't happen. I mean, thank God, thank God they rescheduled and thank God it worked out because I had to get out of something else to be able to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Frankfurt. Thank you, San Francisco. I, it was my big comeback after 12 years of not having sung on that stage. And that's where I trained. I was an Adler Fellow three years. Right. I was in Merrill for two. And I was an undergraduate and graduate at the Conservatory of Music. I lived in San Francisco for 10 years and it was going to be my first time back in 12 years when that got canceled. Kim Kardashian ugly cry was <laughs> so distraught. Oh, and this is another thing. You try and tell people that, you know, our job is so far planned in advance and with it also comes heightened um anticipation you know like some jobs are just jobs but other jobs are so special you look forward to them with such fervor and that they give you almost like reason to keep going because you know it's coming right right like the first time I sang in Santa Fe I I couldn't wait until I was going to be back at Santa Fe and so when that happened it was like I was living for every little moment that was going to get me closer to Santa Fe because it gives you a reason to be excited, to be looking forward to something. Right. Um, and I had been so looking forward to San Francisco because I knew about it like three years prior, right? So it was just when that when that disappeared along with everything else, um, that that cut of that anticipation, you know, that thing that gives you joy. Yeah. That was hard to deal with. Yeah, massive. Let's talk a little bit. I would just want to talk about your career and how you vocally have moved from like Mozart and Bel Canto, because we did Stuarda together at the Met, which mm-hmm. was, you were amazing. Mm-hmm. You were amazing. In that costume. Yeah. That thing went. You your head hurt that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. To now, these German roles, these like full-on dramatic soprano roles. And you said you're 42. What what led you to take that next step now into this the Strauss and all this? Um, I don't think it was necessarily a conscious step. I think it was a natural progression. And you know, over the next 10 years, you will sing na 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 and that will get you to Strauss. 
That's exactly what happened. And what is so brilliant about it was that I approach anything I sing with the same lyricism that I would sing Mozart, singing um, Verdi, singing anything. I just try and just I just try my best to sing it lyrically, and that of course is all influenced by, as you said, the bel canto, the Mozart, the yeah. But I mean, everybody you had that's ever heard me has told me since I was two, you know, Strauss is in your future. I knew it was coming. So it was not a conscious choice. It was just sort of like, that's my way of getting there. Mm -hmm. Steps. And so, yeah. Yeah. Lee yeah. Davidson said the same thing. We interviewed her and it was really interesting how she has that same kind of plan that you have, but you know, you have to spend your time in each level, you know, and, and we know that because the voice takes time to, to grow into right. those dramatic roles and you have to understand the the timing of it too and be patient and that's hard. I don't know if it's hard to be patient. I was always like, please, please don't get my foot off of the brake. Just please, no, 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 too big, too soon. No, 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 I don't want to, it's too big, it's too soon, it's too big, it's too soon. <laughs> and I'm still a little bit like that. I'm really afraid. Like I really err on the side of caution. Um, because, oh gosh, you know, when I stand next to Christine Gerke, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what a big voice sounds like. <laughs> I hear myself as a big voice, you know, it's a bizarre thing. I don't hear myself like that. Really? No, I don't think of myself as somebody with a big instrument. And I know I'm stupid because I've been told that. But when I stand next to these dramatic, dramatic voices, I think to myself, what am I doing here? What the hell am I doing here? I feel so pipsqueaky. I feel so tiny. Seriously. No, but for real, I'm not just saying that to get the illicit reaction. It's, it's strange. And even um, when I was singing um, the Kaiserin, my first Kaiserin in, uh, um, in concert, with um, Lisa Lindstrom, mm. again, I'm standing next to her and I'm like, what am I doing here? We don't, I don't, what? I don't belong here. Oh my gosh. And when I heard Tommy Wilson singing it, I, I was like this, oh, wow. <laughs> I can't envision myself sounding like that. It's a bizarre thing. So I have to come to terms with what I'm told is, a big enough sound to sing these roles. I just don't believe it yet. I'm always, please, please, please don't take my foot off that brake. I'm so afraid to touch the, the pedal that makes you go faster. I don't know what that thing's called. You know, pedal to the metal. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to go there. I'm afraid. And I would play in Verdi land for as long as I could, but nobody wanted to hire me for that. So really, <laughs> <laughs> I would still hire you for that. Hmm? I would so hire you for all the very. Oh, good. thanks, honey. Thank you. So, what's next? What's what's new? If if everything stays. That oh, is if everything stays, the 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 this the season should be a beautiful season. I mean, I'm just praying. I'm just praying. So it will be. Um, where are we now? This is 2022. My gosh, I'm old fashioned. I still have a book. I cannot do this digital stuff. Me too. Um, I will go from. Oh my gosh, ladies, I can't handle that. <laughs> I'm kind of 
because <laughs> you are so good at this tech stuff. That is terrible. I like not. We're very good. We at go it. from San Francisco. We go from San Francisco. Then we uh, end San Francisco. We go to Paris for a Brahms Requiem and seven early songs. Nice. And then nice. I go to Berlin for Lohengrin. It was for my Berlin Staatsoper debut. I've never sung in Berlin. Can you That's imagine? amazing. And then I will go sing Rodelinda at the Met because I sing everything. Like one oh my god, that's so fun though. Yay. Yeah. When's the Roto Linda? I'm sorry, what? When what when is the Roto Linda? Uh, it will be in, in in February of 2022. Cool. I can't believe we're almost in 22. That's insane. Middle prayers. How did it happen? How did it happen? I don't know. Like seriously. Yeah. But you're going to San Francisco. So hallelujah. I said to Carrie that when I when I when I get on the plane, I'll be she'll be the first person I call because then it will feel real. <laughs> yeah. Yay! I, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Okay. All right. Are we gonna get to rapid fire? Can we please have a little bit of happiness and joy, joy? Because I, I mean, I feel like jumping into a bottle of vodka right now. I don't want to do that. <laughs> this whole time, you guys are highly entertaining. Are we? We are crazy. That's what we are. Nut, nut, nut jabs. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. We, we are so happy that you came and chit-chatted with I us. Know, I love you. I, you know what? I'm so grateful. I said to Carrie, it was going to be like a, a call, a call back to reality, you know, like yeah. one and the rip cord has been ripped. Cause here you go. You're off to work in a week. Yeah. And you got to remember how to talk to people too. That, that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. Yeah. Conversations and rehearsal. You're like, uh, I have swallowed my tongue and my vocabulary has left the room. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can I say that for me, it wasn't talking because I talk all the time, no matter even if anybody's <laughs> listening or not. Right. But I have a problem with eating because I'm just messy and at home, I don't care. You know, like, I don't care if that, that lettuce is hanging out of my face, <laughs> but in public, you can't eat like that. <laughs> Preferably not. So the first time we went out to dinner after we were vaccinated, we felt like we were safe. I don't know about now. I mean, Lord mercy, but you know, we go and uh, and I'm like, oh gosh, you have to like take smaller bites and actually eat like a lady. And I mean, <laughs> oh dear, that's my problem. My my biggest problem is about the food. Hello, one hundred and one, eating in public. Eating in public small bites Carrie do not shovel it in like it's going away like somebody's gonna rip it out from under you okay okay you ready for rapid fire mm -hmm. okay it's gonna be diva too yes you are you're an <laughs> we need a brunette right you know oh my god I'm happy to join your team so honest okay, okay. Yeah, Carrie, go. three things you have to do every day Brush my teeth, kiss the puppy many, many times on the belly, and read the New York Times. Cool. I do that too every day. Best piece of advice you were ever given? Hmm. Oh, I have a beautiful one. I don't want to cry. Michael Dawson Thomas told me the very first time I sang Four Lost Songs was with him on the San Francisco Symphony stage. And the very first time I went out there to do them live, 
he whispered to me, he said, Alzi, tonight you are singing this piece and someone in the audience is hearing this for the very first time. And I just, that stuck with me. My whole career, every single night I go out, I think to myself, there's somebody in that audience that's hearing this tonight for the very first time. So that was very good advice because it, it gives you purpose. I love that. Amazing. Wow, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Michael Tilson Thomas. Yeah. He's going through a hard time. We should we'll send up a little prayer for him. Yep. Uh, finish this sentence. Um, what the world needs now is vaccinations. Hello, people. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. I know. I know. What makes you brave? Oh. <laughs> Your Wonder Woman underoos. <laughs> I was brave. <laughs> You're very you know, And here comes the tears, but I think what makes me brave is my sensitivity. I love that. It's beautiful. Yes. yes. I love you very much. <laughs> okay. If you could choose any magical power, what would it be? Definitely invisibility. <laughs> I want to know what people say when they shut those doors. <laughs> I want to know. I love I, that. I okay. just, I need to know what people are saying. <laughs> oh dear. Give me the truth. Yep. Mm -hmm. What is the most precious thing that you own? Oh, my dog. I know it's not right to say that I own her because she shouldn't be property, but I own her. She's mine. She's and your she's baby. The most precious thing I can think of. Is she going with you to San Fran? You know, she always comes with me everywhere. Right. But on this very particular occasion, I don't know what to expect. Right. And the flight from Paris to San Francisco alone is 11 hours. Mm -hmm. And I have to get from here to Paris. So. Mm -hmm you know, door to door, let's say best case scenario, she has to stay in her bag for 18 hours. I don't know what to expect. And I cannot do that to her. Okay. And she has a condition that forces her to take a diuretic. How can I keep her in her sleepy pod for 18 plus hours? I just can't. So it will be the very first time that we're separated. Okay. And I can't even think about it because I'm already crying. Okay, we're not going there. We're not going there. Okay, okay. Um, what is the greatest gift that we can give one another? Oh, oh, kindness, love, respect, patience, understanding, vaccinations. I love you. Yep, totally. What is your favorite place on earth? My kitchen. Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. Okay. Favorite cuss word, any language. Fuck, shit, god damn it. Fuck, fucking fuck. <laughs> it's such a funny word, it's horrible. I love it, and that's why we're friends. <laughs> do, we have, do we have any more? Are we done rapid firing? No, I have one last question. Here he has one last question. And it's the one that's my favorite. 
Is heaven other than the customer? Because that's my favorite too. Okay. Oh, no, this is gonna be this is gonna be go, Carrie. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? <laughs> well, first of all, he's gonna be like, "You made it." <laughs> And second of all, he's going to say to me, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Oh my God, you say that phrase too. I say that phrase. My mother says that to me all the time. The first way, the first time after we watched Babe, she said to me, from now on, when you've done well, that's what I'll tell you. <laughs> so it's our, little, it's our little thing. And it just has stuck with me. That'll do, pig. That'll do. I love it. I say it to my husband all the time. That'll do. Yeah. Oh, that's love, 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 love. I love you guys too. Don't Thanks for to, doing this with us. Yeah, and you have to let you us know, know how San Fran goes. Yep. I will. I'm so grateful. Honestly, so grateful. This was like this was something so important that happened. I was it was so good. And I'm so sorry I cried, but you know, um, it's important that your audience, maybe there's young singers out there that think they have to be so but uh, I think what you guys are doing is so phenomenal because it's really, it's reaching, it's reaching all kinds of people that need to be knowing what the hell this is like and what we're going through and how interesting it is to see all your audience, um, your uh, interviewees, your, um, your, yes. guests, your guests, my God, hello. Like I said, vocabulary has left the room. It's, it's so interesting how everybody has such different experiences, how we've all experienced this thing so differently. And thank you for that. I want to thank you guys because it's been, it's been so informative and interesting. And it's, I, I, I have always been fascinated by that with when adversity happens, how do people function through this? I, I do, I would say if I went back through all of it, the, um, I mean, it, originally it was a lot of shock and a lot of disbelief, and then that turned into loss and grief and how people were dealing with that and how I dealt with it. I mean, Lord mercy, I would have never put myself out on the internet in front of God and everybody like this before the pandemic, never. So that this was my way of dealing with it. Does that make sense? Of yeah, trying to bring some kind of happiness and levity and joy and information and whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think I've ever ugly cried like that on a video sound breath. No, I think I think you might have once. I for sure have. Oh, I did with with Paul Driscoll of Opera News. Sweet yes. baby Jesus. Yeah, you I know, did. but you know what? The funny thing is, Elsa, how how this show we had we we had a mission statement. You know, when we first started it, mm -hmm. and how it's really changed and mm -hmm. adapted. Evolved, yeah. yeah, and evolved and and. I don't think it's just now the levity and everything. I think it's kind of a bonding thing and absolutely sharing their experiences, you know, absolutely, and, and just wanting to talk about it. But, and this is another interesting thing because Carrie asked me before if I would come and join you guys, but I just couldn't. I, my, my way of coping is absolutely to do the opposite. And that is to not talk. Like I, I couldn't face talking. I couldn't face it. I, quite literally couldn't do it and I would just be a sobbing mess anytime somebody was trying to talk to me I, I literally couldn't it was so it, I don't talk when I when I'm in distress and I shut off completely like like yeah interesting how we all deal with things differently it is yeah. isn't it? 
but you seem really in a good place now. It's taken 16 months of a lot of Kim, Kim Kardashian crying <laughs> and baking and gardening. Baking. And cake. I love cake. And alcohol. And thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm holy shit. Oh. Anyway, we all gotta go practice. All right. I gotta go eat a pizza. I love you guys so much. You too. Thank, thank you. you. I'm so grateful. Honestly, I I know I sound really like silly when I say this, but this was so necessary, and I'm so grateful. Me too. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you so much for doing this with us. And say hello to Isabel. Give her our love. Bye bye. Bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye.